0: Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron with Biblical Archaeology Today. I'm so grateful you're here with us, and I'm extraordinarily thankful to be your host. We're looking at the early archaeology of Arak el-Emir, and it's an extremely important archaeological site for a few different reasons, but also it's one of the earliest archaeological finds in existence. I mean, this was before Sumer, before... You know, the great finds of Layard and so many others, George Smith, the 1830s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, Nineveh. So, let's dive in. We're in the Wycliffe Dictionary of Biblical Archaeology, which is a wonderful book. We just kind of use it as a base textbook. So, early investigation and documentation, and this is of Arak el Amur. So, again, thanks for being here. The discovery of Arak el Amur in modern times dates to 1817. I mean, you're talking the times of Champollion and, and these things. Um, the uh, great uh, Darius translations and all this. Uh, when C.L. Irby and James Mangles visited there, it was also visited by C.R. Condor about the end of the 19th century. Most important study of the place until the recent excavations was made by Howard C. Butler of the Princeton University Expedition. In Syria in 1904 1905, who carefully measured the building and presented two alternative reconstructions of the Qasar el Abd. And so, fascinatingly enough, like the University of Pennsylvania was huge in early biblical archaeology, as was Princeton. Princeton was basically a biblical college at this time with B.B. Warfield and this type of thing, as far as their theology department. Significant documentation is found in Josephus' Antiquities, 12, 228, 234, where the place is described with considerable accuracy. So this helps us see that Josephus did have some accuracy. He's got some inaccuracies as a historian. Uh, His description of the uh, Qasr, Q-A-S-R-L-A-B-D, Abd, indicates that it was enclosed with a wide, deep moat and calls attention to the frieze, or picture, F-R-I-E-Z-E, of lions. He also mentions the caves and said that they were used for banqueting, sleeping, and living. The defensibility of the caves is noted. He writes concerning the builder, the entrances of the caves he made narrower so that only one person, no more, can enter at one time. This arrangement he made deliberately for the sake of safety in order to avoid the danger of being besieged. Pretty smart. Other documentation is found in the Xenon papyri, but this will be discussed below, it says. Excavation. The first attempt to excavate Arak Il Imur was undertaken in April and May 1961 by the American Schools of Oriental Research. During these months, a sounding was made under the direction of Paul W. Lapp, the work was continued in September 1961 with a full-scale excavation. During the sounding, two areas were investigated. I want to mention they're just using this lidar technology and stuff. It's absolutely amazing. They can find stuff like seven feet underground now, and but they've always been able to find petroleum. I say always, you know, last few decades like that. So they're just kind of using it for uh, archaeology now. Two squares were opened in the village of Iraq and six squares in and around the Qasar el-Abd. The two areas in at Iraq, not uh, Iraq, but Iraq, revealed four strata of occupation and the two or more meters of debris overlaying bedrock. The pottery from these squares came chiefly from the period 100 BC to 200 AD. There's also some fragments of Iron Age I, 11th 10th century B.C. pottery described in stratum four. So we're going to continue looking at this incredible archaeological discovery mentioned by Josephus starting all the way in 1817 and uh, see a significance today. So God bless. Thanks for being with us. Check out our other podcast. Please subscribe. Leave a five star review. Join us daily and God bless you the Bible is true. we'll see.